Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, so today we are going to dive into a topic that is um, dear to our hearts uh, and also, I think, kind of a, a an eye-opening topic for a lot of people, especially people who are just kind of thinking about going freelance with copywriting. Now, to be very clear, um, we teach our students how to land full-time jobs as copywriters or how to land freelance work or if they want to do both or, or any combination of that. But today we're going to talk specifically about the benefits of working freelance um, and how the idea of there being a safety in working a full-time job is not quite as safe as it seems to be. Yeah, I think when we have full-time jobs, we often put a lot of trust in the company that they value us. And hopefully, if you're working for a good company, they do, and they value you as an employee. Um, but that doesn't mean that other factors aren't going to come into play where you might have to be let go. I think there's this there's consistency in the paycheck, and I think that's why a lot of people like it. There's there's benefits um, in terms of healthcare and um, you know 401k and things like that. But there's always that possibility that the economy goes south or someone gets bought or um, downsizing is happening. You know, there's so many reasons why you just never know, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've both worked on staff as if you said, you know, we've both done freelance. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's really important for people to remember that as much as you may love your full-time job or as much as you may feel comfortable there, or you may have put in many years there, or, you know, you may be very loyal to the company. When a company exists, 
its primary purpose is to continue to exist. And if things get crazy in the economy, or if it has to downsize, or if it's it's or if there's a merger, or or any number of things, the company's first goal and first uh, first priority is going to be for the company to continue to exist and to thrive and to prosper. And that is regardless of what it means for staff members. And I know that that sounds kind of, um, it makes companies sound callous. And I realize that companies are made up of people, of course, but a company is a physical entity. If they can't continue to prosper and thrive, then everybody loses their jobs. Mm -hmm. And so what that means sometimes is that instead of everybody losing their jobs and the, the doors closing, they have to lay off uh, team members, or they have to, or an, a, a merger or an acquisition means that they have to get people get rid of people who are now redundant. Or as we saw in in the craziness of 2020, um, when the 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 economic landscape changes, something totally like nobody could have uh, could have could have predicted that in any way. And it wasn't just it wasn't just um, restaurants and you know travel companies that were that were faced with this issue, you know, companies that had anything to do with basically the entertainment industry had issues. Um, you know, I'm thinking of, of even, even companies that had to do with like restaurant delivery, which you're like, Oh, well, delivery was great. They still had to lay people off because there weren't as many restaurants. Like I could go, but it, the, the ramifications were huge and there was no way that anybody could have predicted that. Mm-hmm. But in all those scenarios, the business's primary goal was to continue to survive. And unfortunately, what that means is even if you are, even if you are loyal, I feel like I hear that a lot when people have yeah. been, been laid off or something. They're like, I can't believe this. I was so loyal to that company. Yeah. Or I've been there for 10 years, 20 years, yes. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that the company owes you anything mm-hmm. back. Um, which I know probably sounds a little harsh too, but it's you gave your work and the company paid you for your work. And that doesn't mean that you're going to have a job tomorrow. You know, maybe if you've been there a little bit longer, that means that you will continue to have your job. Or at some companies, if you've been there for a while, you're more expensive than your other coworkers and they're going to let you go first. So that, that loyalty and that tenure doesn't necessarily, or a longer tenure doesn't necessarily translate to being, to, to having a better chance of keeping your job. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it doesn't even have to be 2020. I know you and I both left a company right before they actually acquired another company and the entire copy team that was there, which I think was five, six people or whatever it was, ended up being downsized to one person. And I believe maybe someone else kind of, you know, transferred within within the group. But mm-hmm. it was this moment of like, this is the best move for the company. So we're going to acquire this or so they thought best move for the company. Debate, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows? Um but so you know, it, it was a, a positive for the company of oh, we're we're acquiring this 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 other company that fits in our portfolio. Um, but it wasn't. It didn't mean everyone's jobs were saved at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And that's you know, again, outside of this, had nothing to do with any sort of recession or uh, mm-hmm. with the economy. This was just a business decision. So yeah. it, it can really happen at any point. And I think the big thing for folks who are maybe doing freelance for the first time or even, you know, just getting started in it is that there's this big mindset shift is really 
what ha- needs to happen from going, you know, from being used to full-time employment to going freelance. And uh, it's, um, I think one of the big things, at least for me, is not thinking into the future so much. Yes, you want to look at your goals. You want to look at what's beyond. But I think when you're in a full-time job, there is that illusion of safety because we just think, oh, I'm going to be employed here indefinitely. This is this is an ongoing thing, and I'm not looking for anything else. And so um, there's this kind of feels like you're on this train track and nothing can derail it. Um, versus mm-hmm. freelance, I think you're you're prone to looking day to day and like, oh my god, I got to get my next client. Where's my next client coming from? And so there's this anxiety um, mm-hmm. where you know if you can make some subtle shifts with how you're you're approaching it and thinking about it, it will hopefully it'll take time. I, I've been there mm-hmm. too. I think we've all been there of like that first freelance. And I know Nikki and I have talked about this. January comes and there's this feeling of like. Oh, I'm starting over from scratch. I've made nothing. It's January. It's fresh. Um, but <laughs> you, you, um, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is, and, and we teach this in the, the academy, is constantly pitching. So if you're setting yourself mm-hmm. up to constantly be sending those pitches, you're going to have, uh, there's more likelihood that more things are coming back. And so you have this consistent process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think one of the biggest things when you get in that mindset full time, you're, you kind of get complacent. Um, and I know that's maybe not a, a positive way to say it, but I, it's, I've been there. It's easy. It becomes comfortable and it becomes easy not to think about, um, anything beyond, okay, um, this is, this is it. Um, versus when you're freelance, really taking those actions is what's going to help you get over that feeling of, um, not feeling safe. That's what's going to create your safety. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the reasons that that people perceive freelance as being risky is because they don't have any understanding of how you get clients. You know, people think, okay, you go freelance because people say like, oh, well, going, going freelance is don't do that. That's just find a full-time job. Freelance is scary. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're going to get. And that's not at all how it works. If you are a effective professional freelancer, unfortunately, I'm sure there are a lot of freelancers out there who are like cross my fingers, hope for a client, but that's wishing and hoping is not a system. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a professional freelancer and you want to be successful at it, you need a system. And when you have a system, which is what part of what we teach, when you have a system for pitching and landing and following up and repitching and all that kind of thing with clients, and you're doing that consistently, then you are in control of the opportunities and the income that's coming. You need to make a little bit more money. If you have a bigger, uh, if you have a, a bill that comes in or something like that, then you ramp up the clients that you're working with. If you're busy, then maybe you scale back the pitching that you're mm-hmm. doing. But when you are freelance, and again, you have to have a system. It can't just be, it can't just be like, oh, gee, I, I'm just waiting for, I'm waiting for a job, or I'm waiting for someone to approach me, or I'm going on Upwork or Fiverr every day, and I'm hoping somebody's going to post a job. I'm hoping they're going to choose me. Those are not systems. Um, but when you do have an effective system, and you are in control of your income and your schedule and and all that kind of thing. Whereas when you are on staff, you have given up that control for the illusion of the illusion of safety. Mm-hmm. Because again, like we were saying, you could lose your job at any moment. And you know, and you lose you lose so much please don't I'm saying this to people listening and watching, not to you, because I know you are, and I are on the same boat, Kate, but you know, don't get us wrong. Um, 
being on staff as a, as a copywriter can be fantastic. Yeah. We both have done it. We've been on staff. We've been on, you know, just it, if an opportunity comes up with a company, then we've taken it because we, we wanted to do the work or we wanted to work with the people or, or anything like that. But, um, but you also can't forget that when you are on staff, you have given up control. Mm-hmm. They decide how much you make. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like, oh, I have all these bills coming in. I want to make some more cash. You can't do that through your full time job. You know, you can't go into your boss and be like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to work. I'm going to work some extra hours this week. So I'd like you to pay me five grand more for the month. Like that's not how it works. They don't care how much you're working. You're still going to get that salary. Um, and even with contracting, it's, it's, you're usually kind of limited by how much time. Uh, whereas if you're a freelancer, you can say, all right, I'm going to ramp up the work that I'm doing. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I love the the income aspect too. It just makes me think of all the assumptions we make with full-time work that, you know, I'm going to get an annual pay bump to cover for inflation, or I'm going to get an annual raise, quite frankly, which isn't necessarily a guarantee versus Mm -hmm. when you're setting your own rates and you can bump up your work, you do have that control. And so obviously there are pros and cons to, to both things. And so I think the real big thing is to not make assumptions of either or, um, we've grown up in a world where I feel like the, the generation before us, our parents were very much full-time, the internet wasn't around, you know, there weren't as many opportunities. The, the gig economy wasn't a thing. Um, and I, I pulled up a stat just because I thought it was mind-blowing um, with how much freelance work and independent contractors and that sort of thing is growing in the U.S. And so um, by 2027, 60% of the U.S. workforce will be independent, which is just mind-blowing to me. Um, yeah, that's amazing. That more than more than half, half yeah. of the people that work in the United States will be freelance or contractors mm-hmm. or, or whatever that is, which also just goes to show you how open companies are to working with freelancers versus people who are on staff. So I know sometimes people are like, well, I don't know if this company will hire freelancers. Yeah. Virtually every company mm-hmm. will hire freelancers. Yeah. And I mean, as a side note, I think the gig economy, and you hear that word, a lot of people think uh, Uber or, um, you know, Lyft and, and working for those companies, which yes, it includes includes those folks, but it, it's so much more than that. It's not just um, having a gig or a side hustle. It, it could be, but it's also um, people who work full time as a freelancer versus mm-hmm. working full time at a company. So, um, I think gig does it a little bit of a disservice, but yeah, I agree. I think it's a cute way of putting it. Um, but you're right. It's people don't think about self-employed individuals, self-employed full-time freelancers. Um, and that's absolutely encompassed in that. Well, and I think too, that something to, to be aware of is that if you are on staff as a, as a copywriter, um, you can still help to ensure that you have mm-hmm. some level of control. Um, you know, you and I have both been on staff, but even when we've been on staff, uh, we have taken freelance clients mm-hmm. on periodically, not so much that we're making ourselves crazy, but it's certainly possible to have a full-time career as many of our students do have a full-time career doing whatever it is there that is. And then having a, a part-time freelance career uh, that, you know, you work with clients on nights and you work with clients on weekends. Um, and that still allows you just a little bit more control. Cause the same thing, if you 
need a little bit more money, then you pitch a little bit more or, and on top of the fact that it just, it keeps you fresh, Mm -hmm. you know, writing for the same clients, Kate and I will tell you writing for the same clients day in and day out. There are a lot of benefits to being on staff, but for, especially for an internal team, when you're writing for the same, same projects day in and day out, Mm -hmm. it can get a little Mm -hmm. exhausting. Um, which isn't to say too, I I mean, I've freelanced with one company for over five years, which I got to the point where it was that burnout and I couldn't think of it. They needed someone fresh. They needed a fresh brain in that space. Um, and I needed a break, but so, I mean, there are those opportunities as well for ongoing work with, with clients. And so again, I think these were assumptions I know I made of like, Oh, it's just one project to one project and I work on this website and then nothing with that client. Um, which isn't the case, you know, pitching, repitching clients you've already worked with is one of the best ways to kind of, and, and doing great work so that they want to hire you again and just say, Oh, we found our person. Uh, mm-hmm. anytime they have a project, they're going to come to you. Um, and so it's this idea of reframing of, you know, instead of having your eggs in one basket and an employer, you are kind of spreading it among all of your different clients. And, um, you know, if one of those clients doesn't want to work with you again, or it's a one-off project, you still have all of these other balls in play. Um, versus mm-hmm. if you lose your full-time job, that's, you go from all of the income to, you know, none very, very quickly. Um, versus mm-hmm. even if, you know, I lost a, a really big client of mine, I would still have a very good income you know, yes, would I want to replace them and kind of look, you know, again, that's why you're always pitching. You're always, always kind of prospecting. Um, but there's, there's, uh, there's safety in that sense of I'm not going to be at nothing. I always have, mm-hmm. you know, pitching and other actions I can take to fall back on, which is great. It's copywriting. You know, you have this skill that you can do that. Whereas, you know, some people, they lose a full-time job. They don't have a skill they can go out and and use as a freelancer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I would think um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like a, a nurse or a doctor, there's a lot of liability there. You know, they're not just going <laughs> to start offering services out of their house. There'd be a lot more hurdles. Whereas, you know, um, you know, so even if you do have a full-time copywriting job and you don't want to, you know, you want some free time and you don't want to have a side hustle. At least you do have that skill then, um, you know, if a job lets you go to say, okay, I'm going to start pitching. I'm going to start, who can I work with as a freelancer? Yeah. Well, and you know, too, if you can, you have a full-time copywriting job, you know, you don't have to, you can still take freelance clients, but it doesn't have to be like a full Mm -hmm. side hustle. You can take a client Every once in a while, mm-hmm. you can, you know, but the nice thing about having, having a little bit of, of freelancing is that you can scale it up if things go south at the company, but you can also scale it up if you want to get out of that mm-hmm. company. Yep. You know, I think people forget that like, oh, it's so nice and comfortable to be in a job, but how many people have gotten into a job and been like, oh, I hate this. I want to get out, but I'm trapped because they pay my salary and they pay for my benefits and they pay for all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it, it um, being able to freelance gives you that freedom so that you can start scaling up and you can start getting ready so that at a certain point you can be like, Hey, so thank you so much. I'll be out in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to you to find someone else to take this role. It's, there is, I think that when people think about freedom, they forget about that element of, of being kind of stuck mm-hmm. in a full-time job. You know, how many students do we hear that are, that are like desperate, not desperate, but like 
dying yeah. to get out of their job because they don't love their work anymore or their they their company changed their boss and now they're reporting to someone they don't mm-hmm. like or you know the scope of the work change that's another piece of control that you lose when you work for a company is you don't control who you work with you don't control where you you don't control where you sit mm-hmm. you know and and being able to get out of that when you want or when you need to is one of the things that that freelancing gives you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this to get over some some of that scary uh, those feelings of like, oh, I have to figure out my healthcare, or I have to figure out taxes, or I have to figure out mm-hmm. um, benefits, and and all of that. I think the best thing to do is do the math. So if you have a full time job and you're looking to replace that income, okay, what am I getting paid? Um, what you know are the costs of the company healthcare plan if I were to, or you know, if I were to go out on my own, what would I have to pay? Um, if there's a you know four hundred one k aspect, there's so many benefits to being uh, a sole proprietor. So uh, mm-hmm. don't we can get to that at a later point, but uh, you know you can do a solo four hundred one k and contribute way more than you can under an employer plan. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and your healthcare becomes, you have to pay for your own healthcare. Sure. It's a deduction. It becomes tax deductible. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So you lower that taxable income at the mm-hmm. end of the year. And companies give you benefits so they don't have to pay you more. Yep. So that when you're working freelance, you're earning more mm-hmm. and that helps to offset the cost of work or obviously completely offsets the cost of your healthcare. Yeah. So just do, doing the math will help kind of bring that level down of anxiety um, and get you past that freezing point of, I'm not going to take action because I'm too scared um, versus make sure you know what the the numbers are between this and that. And, oh, this is all of a sudden it becomes very achievable when you do it out and think, what would I need to, how many hours a week would I need to work to hit this number? If my rate is this mm-hmm. for copywriting, you know, um, mm-hmm. you can start to have a game plan for the steps you need to take to hit those numbers and to um, have those same benefits. You know, mm-hmm. I think people think, well, you have no benefit. No, you you do. You just have to plan it for them yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there You offer yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point that don't go into freelancing without having a plan for it and mm-hmm. without having a plan for everything and, and without educating yourself. But at the same time, don't discount the idea of freelancing without understanding it yes. and without understanding how plenty of people are doing it effectively and they don't worry about dry spells or they don't worry about paying for insurance that they don't. It's just, it's just a, it's a perfectly successful way to exist and to earn a living. It's just a little bit different. So yeah. don't discount it without understanding what, what it entails. Yeah. Cause again, it's, if you have a system, if you have a plan, you can absolutely make it work and mm-hmm. be, be very successful and enjoy the benefits of planning your own schedule, deciding once, you know, where this is, depending on when you listen to it, this is, we're recording it toward the beginning of 2021 and we're hoping that again, we'll be able to travel. And personally, as someone who works remotely, I'm dying to be able to go overseas and work from overseas there for a while. And that's something that you can do when you are remote, which I think now a lot of companies, if you're a copywriter and you're on staff, you may be able to be remote and work from Madrid or wherever. But when you're a freelancer, it's not even a question. It's as long as you're getting your work done and you're talking to your clients and you are um, staying on top of pitching clients and finding new clients, you can do it from wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
I hope that that has been uh, illuminating. And I hope for those of you who have been a little nervous, maybe about the idea <laughs> of freelancing, or maybe even a little bit skeptical because no one that you know is a freelancer is a successful freelancer. Uh, I hope that that is, has been uh, illuminating. And we've yeah, by 2027, you'll probably know some freelancers. I have the <laughs> 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 Trending upwards, so. Exactly. By 2027, if you're a freelancer, you will be in the majority. Yeah. So pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun for both of us. We hope it was a lot of fun for you and that uh, you learned a ton. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.